Right now we are in section 12 of child guidance and today we're going to look at true education, what that comprises and where it starts. Stay tuned and join me. Welcome to The Home Place. My name is Carolyn and today we're going to look at more parenting tips, what work, what doesn't, and how to do the important stuff. As you can see, it's just me here today. I don't know if that means we'll be done in five minutes or whether we ladies will be able to talk and talk and talk. I guess we shall see. Why don't we get started on the very first slide here. True education. True education means more than taking a certain course of study. It is broad. It includes the harmonious development of all the physical powers and the mental faculties. It teaches the love and fear of God and is a preparation for the faithful discharge of life's duties. There is an awful lot right there just in that one statement. We could be here for half an hour talking about that, but true education is broad. It's obviously more than just having our head in a book. It's going to talk about physical and mental powers and love and fear of God, the faithful discharge of duty. So it pretty much covers everything in life. That really is what true education comprom comprises. So when we think of education, let's not just think of books. We're in the book Child Guidance today, uh, again, section 12 now, and just wanted to say that just because we've kind of skipped a few sections and we're in section 12, does not mean those other sections aren't hugely valuable. I would really encourage you to read those. And as we go through each section, this section comprises, I think, six chapters, and there's only 10 little quotes that we're going to talk about today, if we can get to all of those. So there's a whole lot more here than we're ever going to be able to share on this program. So I just encourage you to get your true education by looking into this book and finding out what we can do practically for our young people. Let's move on to the next Quote, children should be taught to have a part in domestic duties. They should be instructed how to help father and mother in the little things that they can do. How practical is that? That means that it isn't just about book work, but actually this is encouraging us as parents to get our children hands on. And it's said there in the little things that they can do. That means we're not waiting until they're 18 and 19. We're gonna start when they're little ones and they can get their hands on. And you know, something we found with our children is when they start young, they have a lot of enthusiasm. They wanna be part of everyday life and part of the family and they want to get involved in these things and when we do and I'm sure we'll have pictures that we can share here of our children being involved in the everyday duties of life and the joy that it is to them and as we capitalize on that joy we find that in later years they have still a love and a joy for this kind of thing so let's make the most of this aspect of education when they're young. Moving on to physical development Children should not be long confined within doors, nor should they be required to apply themselves closely to study until a good foundation has been laid for physical development. I don't know about you, but to me that says we need to get our children outside, out in the fresh air, out of doors. And of course, if you live in the country, you have the ideal environment to do that. But what if you don't? What if you live in the city? then I would encourage you to find a park, find some kind of green place and green space that you can take your children out to every day, and if not every day, at least every other day. Give them opportunity to be out of doors. 
so they're not just always in the confines of the house and heads in books as they get older and ready for book work, but we get them outside and then they can learn about the things that are around them. And you know, our children go through that why stage, why this, why that, why the other, and outside is a great place to take them and give them opportunity to express some of those whys and then we can start to answer. Maybe we don't have the answers. Maybe we're gonna to have to get in the books to find out some of the answers to their questions, but what a great opportunity as we channel their efforts outside and get that physical developed before we start to really pour them or point them to the mental side of education. Let's move on to our next quote. It says, the mother should be the teacher and the home, the school, where every child receives his first lessons. And these lessons should include habits of industry. That's sort of alluding to what we've just talked about. There should be some active stuff, some industrious stuff happening. But who's to be the first teacher? You got it, it's us moms. We are their first teachers and you know, that education, and there's other places that alludes to this, that that education starts way before we feel like it's time to sit them down at the desk and start school. Just from infancy, they are gaining an education from us upon what is appropriate, what isn't appropriate, and all of that kind of stuff. And then where does the child get its first lessons? It's at home in your home, in my home, is where our children are going to learn from the very beginning, from the ground up. And keeping them busy, industrious, positive action is something that's really, really important. So I think we're going to be getting, by the time we're done with this section, it's really clear, it's over and over and over again in this section, how much of their education is to be physical as well as in the books. Okay, let's move on. Mothers. Let the little ones play in the open air. Let them listen to the songs of the birds and learn the love of God expressed in his beautiful works. Teach them simple lessons from the book of nature and the things about them. And as their minds expand, lessons from books may be added and firmly fixed in the memory. Awful lot right here. I'm gonna go back to the first slide there. Let them play in the open air. We just kind of talked about that. So. I challenge you, if you don't have it readily available as you just walk out of the door, to find somewhere that you can take your children that's safe and that is out in the open air. So does that just mean we take them out in summertime, but in wintertime it's cold, it's damp oftentimes, where we live up in the northwest, lots of snow, does that mean we just keep them indoors in the wintertime and they only get this education outside in the summer? No, it doesn't. And you know, I can still remember Hannah and Caleb from their earliest years. When I say earliest years, I mean pre-walking for Caleb. We moved over here when he was a year old and he wasn't walking yet. And I remember the effort it would take to get on all their snow gear. It would honestly take me about 30 minutes to get the children ready to get out of the door and be outside in the snow. And we would sled and we would build snowmen and all kinds of snow tunnels and snow caves and all kinds of fun stuff because you know, I'm just being real, as it took me that long to get them dressed and ready to be outside the door, or for the two of us, 
my hubby and I, but as it took us that long to get them out of the door, we weren't about to be done in five minutes. So we stayed out there and of course we were dressed appropriately so nobody was getting cold. And you know, I can honestly say the children loved it. They didn't mind the effort it took to get all that gear on and all that wet gear off and then it would spend the night getting dry so that it was ready for the next day. They didn't mind any of that. They thought it was great. We got them out in the open air. Let them listen to the songs of the birds and learn the love of God as expressed in his beautiful works. You know, that's something that we as parents need to be tuned into, focusing our children's minds, so pointing out the birds. And, you know, that's easier for me perhaps than some people because since childhood, my passion has been birds in the, in the natural world. And so as our children were growing up, I was always pointing out, oh, did you hear the robin? Oh, did you hear this? Did you hear that? Did you hear the woodpecker? And as they got older, they, could pick out those bird sounds. And Hannah wasn't really wasn't really a birder, but she would often come to me and say, Mommy, there's a different bird in the yard. I haven't seen this bird before. And she, over the years, has pointed out birds I wouldn't have known were there. And then I was able to get my binoculars and get my bird books and my apps and stuff and figure out what it was. But she was tuned in. So children are naturally inclined to those things. They just need to be encouraged, especially if we don't live somewhere where it's just kind of right there in their face every day. Teach them simple lessons from the book of nature and the things about them. Make them aware of their surroundings. We were living um, back here in Montana, but higher up the mountain and Hannah was, I want to say she was about 12 and she was going, she loved to go for walks on her own. And we were okay with that. We had taught them to be very aware of their surroundings hearing for any crack in the woods and what that would sound like if it was a bear versus a deer and all these different things. They understood that and she was going for her walk and she came back after just a few minutes and she said, Mommy and Daddy, you need to come and look at this. And we said, well, what, what is it you've seen? And she said, well, there are these footprints in the snow, lots of them. And then there's this line in the snow that goes through the footprints. And she, and she looked at us and I knew what she was thinking but we didn't want to say till we got out there. And sure enough, when we got out there, it was the tracks of a mountain lion. And she had learned that a mountain lion has a very long tail and he drags his tail through the snow. And it was showed there along with the footprints. In fact, there were three mountain lions out and about. We didn't see them, but we heard about them. And so she decided that now wasn't a good time to walk solo. But you know, she was tuned into her surroundings and that's what it says. And then, then it says lessons from books may be added and firmly fixed in the memory. When they've gotten some of this other education, then we can take them to the bookwork. Okay, we're going to move on. Otherwise, we'll find out that we girls talk more than when it's the two of us, right? We don't want to do that. <laughs> Let them also learn, even in their earliest years, to be useful. Train them to think that as members of the household, they are to act an interested, helpful part in sharing the domestic burdens and to seek healthful exercise in the performance of necessary home duties. So whilst we take them outside to enjoy the things of nature and to walk and, you know, kick in the leaves and play in the snow and all of that, we also want to channel that into useful, helpful occupation where it says they, they um, act an interested part. So, you know, when you live out in the, in the countryside, often gathering wood is a big part of that. Collecting wood, stacking wood, wood has a lot of, plays a big part in country living experience. And as a family, we get our hands on that together. 
And it also is talking about inside the inside home duties. And it said um, they are they are to be sharing the domestic burdens. You know, I talk to a lot of moms and it's amazing how many moms I come to find out they're burdened, they're stressed, they seem to be forever going in circles, not really able to achieve the things that they have a burden to achieve. And as we start to take it apart and talk about more about what does each day look like, I come to find out that mom does everything. She gets the children up in the morning. She's made their breakfast. She makes their beds. She cleans up the meal. She does the dusting and the sweeping and the vacuuming and the folding of the laundry and the putting away of laundry. And it, the list goes on and on and on. I'd just like to stop you right there if that's you and encourage you, it doesn't have to be that way. Our young people can take up some of these duties little by little as they're younger, but increasing as they get older. So that by the time, you know, when, when Hannah was 12, I was quite sick that particular summer and was told by the doctors to just do basically nothing but water the flowers was all I was really given permission to do. and. Actually, interestingly, Hannah's very firstborn, very directed, very go-getter kind of a girl. And she had been talking about wanting to run the home and see how she could do that for quite some time. And I'll be really honest here, and I'm saying this because I know a lot of moms experience this. I was reluctant to let her. And here's the reason why. It was like, this is my work. And what am I going to do? What value do I have if she's going to come in at 12 and do everything I do? And so I was a little reluctant, but here I was now kind of grounded by my husband, grounded by the doctors. And so Hannah would get up in the morning, she would do the laundry, she would get the meal prepared, she would clean the meal table off, she would then put the laundry in the dryer, she would fold it all, do the ironing, prepare the next meal, do the cleaning. And she did it for I think it was two and a half months on this this one particular summer. And I gained my health back during that time. And after it was all said and done and we asked her, tell us what you learned from this. And she said, I had no idea that mommy did so much. I thought it would be really easy and it was really hard work, but she enjoyed it. And you know, now she has her own home. She's Dean, she has all these girls that come into her home. She knows how to manage a home and to, and to do a lot more besides. So this is a great opportunity because it helps us as moms in particular, and it helps our young people in learning how to feel they've accomplished and they can do things. So huge encouragement right there, letting them learn home duties. That is a big part of their education. Okay, we're gonna move on to the next slide. Do not send your little ones to school too early. The mother should be careful how she trusts the molding of the infant mind to other hands. You know, I don't know what it's like where you live, but when I was a little girl growing up, it was normal to go to school when you were four. And often you went to preschool or nursery school or childcare before that. And you know, now as I look back and I realize how traumatic that was at four, the child is, is so young. It's just, you realize that it's a little too early. And I still remember the scars and the heartaches of being that little and having to let go of mommy and go off with all these other children. And maybe some children are more social. I wasn't super social. So I did find that quite a challenge. So yeah, we don't want to let this happen too soon. And then it goes on to say, 
The mother should be careful how she trusts the molding of the infant mind to other hands because we know our children. We know how it is God has put it on our hearts to raise them. And when we give them over to someone else, whether that be in childcare, whether that be in kindergarten, whether that even be to send them to Sabbath school, and we just have nothing to do with what they learn, we are trusting their education to the hands of other people. And I believe there's an awful lot of benefit and value in being aware of what the education they are receiving. So though it might feel good to have them elsewhere for a while, we need to be very, very careful about how soon we do this and who we trust them to. Moving on, many mothers feel that they have not time to instruct their children. And in order to get them out of the way and get rid of their noise and trouble, they send them to school. Another not so great reason to send our children off to school. You know, many mothers feel they have not the time to instruct their children. I think every one of us as moms would agree to that, especially when you have more than one child. You're just about ready to focus on this one child and then another one comes along and there may be another and another. And it's difficult, isn't it? Um, you know, we moms tend to be very, adapted to multitasking and it's because we kind of have to be the more children we have and even if we only have one child but we're taking care of the home duties and looking after our husbands and making sure everything is good it's it's a lot to do so it can be easy to think you know what it would be so much easier if somebody else taught my children and and maybe it would maybe that is what you need to do but again be very careful and prayerful about who that person is going to be because that environment can have a huge molding influence on the little minds of our children and sometimes can be an influence that is very difficult to erase in later years so we need to be very sure and you know we're all tempted to just to get rid of their noise and you know sometimes dads for those of you that are watching sometimes it really helps us when you come home and you say i'm going to take the children to the park you just put your feet up oh moms need that they really do. And as long as the children are there and under their roof, they're on duty, so to speak. And especially if you're a very earnest family and earnest parents who aren't just going to send your child off with anyone, mom isn't going to relax unless it's dad or somebody that would be she'd be comfortable with to take the children off to give her that opportunity where she doesn't have to feel like she's just got to get rid of them for the noise and the trouble that they are in the home. So. Let's not send them too soon. This is a very short quote, but very powerful. Young children, if left to themselves, learn the bad more readily than the good. That is so very true. When our children were babies, I can remember, not sure which one, if it wasn't both of them, at different times, I can remember they would pick up and repeat things that we really would prefer they hadn't picked up. And we realized that there was a solution to this, and that was to, it's kind of like children's minds are like sponges. All of our minds are like sponges, but you know when the sponge is new and it's soaking up water, it has a lot of capacity for water. And then towards when it's almost full, it doesn't soak it up so quickly. And so maybe with our adult minds, we don't soak up so quickly, but children really do. And we realized that there was a way to 
somewhat counteract their ability to learn the bad more readily than the good. And that would be to fill their minds with the good. And so when they were just infants and they were, you know, not a year old yet, I would or we would play scripture songs to them. And so in the morning when eventually as they get older, we would want that to become their personal devotion time. We would play those scripture songs and just let their minds unconsciously soak up those scriptures. And then as they got a little bit older, we would play, you know, the gospels to them, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. We just play that being read very gently um, for them to hear and their little minds were soaking that up. And then in their waking hours, we would sing scripture songs, play scripture songs and all kinds of Bible songs. And we began to see that what they would try to sing as they got a little older and what they would get out of their hearts were the things that we had put in. And so if we'd put in the negative stuff, that's what would have come out. And I remember Caleb being there in Walmart singing the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And he carried on to sing the whole Ten Commandments, though he was surrounded by all kinds of stuff that ordinarily their minds would be absorbing. And then, you know, when that happens and they come home and they start rallying off some little ditty and you're thinking, where in the world did this come from? Well, we figured if we fill and saturate their little minds with all the other positive stuff, they wouldn't have the capacity to soak up anymore. And though that doesn't mean that they never ever picked up anything that was negative and bad, but you know, it did make a huge difference to what we saw coming out as we really kind of watched over one, what went in. So don't leave them to themselves to soak up the bad, but fill their hearts and minds with the good and see what happens. Okay, our last quote for today. The work of cooperation should begin with the father and mother themselves in the home life. In the training of their children, they have a joint responsibility and it should be their constant endeavor to act together. You know, this is really more directing at us as husband and wife, mom and dad, mother and father in the home. And the work of cooperation should begin with uh, so if we want our children to cooperate with us, we are going to need to cooperate with God and with one another in how we're going to roll this out. And you know, a lot of the, not I don't even like the word controversy, but there are going to be differences of opinion. You know, I was raised in one kind of a home. My husband was raised in another. And now in our adult lives, when we come to raise our children, a lot of how we were raised comes into the picture as our default. And we have to learn how to act and work together and find what is the best direction for us in the Word of God and through the inspired writings like Child Guidance. And we need to cooperate one with another in order to be able to move forward. We have a joint responsibility. Now, on the day-to-day, moment-by-moment, blow-by-blow, it's often we as moms that take the bulk of the work on our shoulders because our husbands are out at work earning the daily bread to give us the homes that we live in. But it still needs to be a joint responsibility and whenever possible it needs to be the two of us working together hand hand in hand, heart in heart, so that when the children come and say, well, mommy said this and this is still part of education, daddy can say yes and that's what I said too. 
we're working together in that. You know, I know today this was rapid fire. There's lots more in here. There's, there's talk about church school, public school. What is the right place to send your child to school if you're going to do that? Or maybe homeschool. For us, we chose to homeschool. We felt that that really was the best environment that we could give our children. And I thank God we were able to homeschool them from preschool all the way through high school for, and through college um, for Hannah. And I'm really, really thankful that we we're able to do that. I think it was a great environment for them. And that's not to say that everybody has that opportunity. Maybe you're a single parent or maybe um, your circumstances just don't allow. And I totally understand that. So I haven't really picked out today and gone into what kind of school to send your children to if you're not going to homeschool. But I'd encourage you, section 12 of this fantastic book, Child Guidance, is where you will find a lot of other answers. So this is all from the home place today. And I'd encourage you to go to YouTube, go to Facebook, check it out. You can check it out on Instagram as well. There's all kinds of information out there. If you want to be notified each week when you get, when we upload a new program, you just have to click onto that little bell, subscribe and click the little bell and you will get a notification. And if your heart has been moved, we would really appreciate your support of this ministry. We are a self-supporting ministry and we are in reality trying to make this work to continue this work and we're not even sure what the future holds so we just appeal to you if that is something that you feel able and comfortable to do that you can go to the um, home place website and click on the donate page and it shows you right there how to do that so god bless you until next time and we'll see you again mm -hmm.